Welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. We have Josh Rhodes here with me today. And Josh, this is going to be interesting. I haven't had a lot of crypto experts on the call here. So we're going to dive into that. But it's been an interesting path from real estate investing and now the addition of crypto. Uh, Dive into that. But first of all, if you would like to follow along, I'm going to send you everybody to your website. So check out CryptoYall.com. And I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes. But being from the north, I have a prob- hard time saying y'all. <laughs> but Josh, I appreciate yeah. your time here today. Yeah, honored to be here. Thanks. So let's start things off. Before we hit record, we were chatting briefly about your real estate investing. And it sounds like you've done quite a bit of everything. But it'd be interesting to cover that journey. Like, how did you? decide to or find your way to adding cryptocurrency as part of your investing strategy? Yeah, great question. So like many who have who listened to your show, I read this crazy book by this crazy guy named Robert Kiyosaki back in the early 2000s and fell in love with the asset class of real estate and fell in love with passive income and honestly have done everything probably except for wholesaling in in the real estate side of it. I really love single family property rental income now. I really love the tur- the turnkey aspect of that, but I started doing flips and I fun story, I was putting a for sale sign in the yard of one of my one of my early flips the day that Bear Stearns went under, which is what I think there's a famous clip on the story that the movie, The Big Short. And I remember putting the for sale sign in the yard thinking, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into here? I didn't have good margins. I didn't know what I was doing really well yet. And I survived through that. As a matter of fact, someone was slow rolling down the street in their car. It was a dad and a a newly graduated daughter who had just come to town. She was looking for her first house. And I basically ran out into the street and waved them down and asked them if they were looking for a home to buy. And they said, yeah. And I told them to come on inside and take a look. And it was under contract the next day. I think they just missed the Bear Stearns announcement or something. But anyway, I the deeper I went into the real estate rabbit hole, the more I learned about finance and money and the way money travels and the system that we grew up in, or at least we were taught or indoctrinated with and the alternative opportunities that are found in real estate. I started understanding that wealth comes from owning assets, not just making money. And then it fast forward a lot to get to your particular question. In 2017, I wish I had this romantic story of how I fell in love with crypto But honestly, I just saw someone's FOMO, like social media post, and I bought some Bitcoin and I bought some crypt, some Ethereum. And then I was just like, okay, now what? And so I believe that people who pay attention and sure enough, when I invested, I started researching and learning more. 
And the more I got into it, it's almost like the rabbit hole. I just, I went deeper and deeper. I was like, wow, like this is an asset class. This is the sixth emerging asset class to couple with real estate and insurance and business and stocks and bonds and everything else. And it has the properties and the natures or the natural characteristics of other asset classes, except it's got a ton of velocity and it's got an awesome opportunity for us because we're on the early adoption side of the bell curve. Yeah, I just over time fell in love with it and got deeper and increased more of my portfolio exposure to it. And now I'm here as a crypto educator and enthusiast. Yeah. So one of the things that when it comes to any kind of technology, I have to admit, when it comes to realtors and real estate investors, we seem to be a little bit behind when it comes to any kind of technology. It's interesting that you've dived headfirst into this. Do you have a technology background yourself or? No, but I am an entrepreneur. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. So in a lot of arenas or theaters, that means that you figure stuff out. And so I've owned multiple businesses, especially in the online space, e-commerce, online education. I've been a part of several exits and leading organizations that predominantly utilize Mostly growth tech stacks, marketing sales, online client acquisition processes. And that has always led me to have to adopt certain types of technologies that I think when I tripped over crypto, what I really fell in love with was the blockchain technology aspect. It wasn't necessarily the, yes, what caught my eye was the earnings that early Bitcoin adopters had accrued in the hundreds of thousands of percent returns. That obviously was the shiny object. But the good fortune underneath the shiny object was, wow, this is actually an entirely new technical class, much akin to the internet adoption that changed the world and brought us into the information age. This is going to really revolutionize the way we do financial systems and accounting systems and open ledgers and the transactions of peer-to-peer networks all over the world. It's going to affect the blockchain technology specifically will affect every traditional industry. It already is starting to disrupt real estate. And we can go down those rabbit trails if you want to. Tokenized real estate is going to be huge. It's already a thing. I'm already buying morsels of multifamily apartment buildings all over the United States for $50 chunks at a time and getting paid daily rental income from those. That's just one microscopic little sliver of the real estate industry and how it could potentially be disrupted. And I think ultimately what blockchain will do, whether it's in the real estate industry or another industry, is what it does is it increases the capacity for more people to own property, not just real estate property, but asset classes to have digital property, to have digital assets. And that's where all the philosophical stuff stuff comes into play. And that's the stuff that I really fell in love with. You've mentioned a couple terms here that I'd like you to clarify for everybody. First of all, you know, we, I think everybody has a general idea of what crypto is, but you mentioned the blockchain. Could you summarize what that, what you meant by that? Yes. Technically speaking, it is a, it is a, it's not, there's not just one blockchain. So think of it more of a category or a classification of technology, like mobile phone technology or ethernet technology, networking technology. 
blockchain is really more of a ledger or an open accounting technology. And again, that's my layman's terms. I'm just trying to take something potentially complex and keep it simple. And so what that does is it allows us to have decentralized forms of accounting where we can see every transaction, we can see every movement of money or every wallet, all the ownership, it's all transparent. Now there's still anonymity. You can still have the privacy. I might see your wallet, but I may not know it's your wallet. I might see all of the transactions on the Bitcoin network, but I don't know who's who and who's what, unless I know their wallet address. And that obviously is a peer-to-peer relationship thing that we can let people know. But ultimately, it's an open ledger or accounting system that allows there to be a more democratized approach to accounting in financial systems and financial transactions and interactions between peers. For example, you take the stock market and a whole other asset class, right? Something that we are taught about our entire lives. We're told to do our 401ks and be good citizens, but we're not privy to all of the financial transactions that are happening day in, day out on the New York Stock Exchange. We're just not. We're not going to be told those things. We're not allowed to see all those things. We're shown a little bit on CNBC and Fox Business and Bloomberg and everywhere else. We're shown what everybody wants us to see. But all the other stuff that people occupy Wall Street about or are mad about in Main Street, those things are invisible. That's the iceberg under the water. That's the black box that we as everyday folks just can't see. Crypto, everything's out in the open. And it's an opportunity for really almost a revolution to happen financially in the global economy so that there's not central governments and central corporations or greedy governments and greedy corporations that manipulate market and manipulate retail investors. And at least the blockchain technology gives us one more tool in our bag to protect ourselves and also build for the future. So that's a, again, that's a whole other can of worms, but I hope that's helpful. Yeah, no. And one of those things is that more times than not is that when, as an investor, we typically want to invest in what we understand. So I appreciate you giving us a little background. One of the things that I think kind of freaks people out right now is the volatility that's going on. Maybe right now the economy is, we've, at one point I even heard Bitcoin as being a hedge against inflation. So to put some money in there as if it was a piece of gold or real estate. Now, we frankly have seen that value be cut in half, if not more, in in just the sheer volatility of that. What do you say about that and people a little cautious when it comes to that amount of volatility? I think it's a valid concern, but perspective always wins. If you look at the 13-year history of Bitcoin and crypto, for that matter, Bitcoin and crypto aren't necessarily the same thing. So for those of you who are who are cryptocurrency and enthusiasts listening, I must say as the disclaimer, there's Bitcoin and there's everything else. Everything else doesn't mean it's not it's an inferior product. It just means it's different. But if you just look at Bitcoin, it's the highest performing asset in all of history in terms of life to date. You know, it, it's 13-year history. It has six-figure percentage returns. So if you look at things with a short time horizon, three, six, 12 months, I consider those short-term time horizons. Maybe in our AD world, that's not the case anymore. But 
in most cases, in traditional financial realms, I, if you look at things in chunks of decades, there's nothing that's outperformed cryptocurrencies. The volatility simply is an indicator of massive opportunities and profit-taking opportunities the market gives you if you're patient and you wait for it. The typical human psychology, though, and this is just humans, this is just human race stuff that is Freud would have a heyday with, is most people, as a matter of fact, last year in the bull run, when the bull run was at its hottest, I think almost 40% of current Bitcoin owners purchased their Bitcoin during the bull run, which means most people bought high. And you've heard the phrase, buy low, sell high. Most people who adopted in, in, in coin recently purchased high. And so they, it's important to know that markets move in waves. They go up and they go down, whether it's the stock market or any other market. Prices go up, prices go down in the short term. But over the long haul, when you zoom out and look at the performance of asset classes, there's no competition. And the reason why it's volatile is because we're on the front side or the left side of the bell curve. If you draw it on a piece of paper, the big bell curve arc, the arc of adoption, 3% of the global population has a crypto wallet. I think it's something like 20% of the United States. Yet, if you go back to the Super Bowl, the 2022 Super Bowl, every other commercial was a crypto commercial. So you can see where we are on the map. When critical mass adoption happens, that's when you'll start seeing more stabilized prices. When the Black Rocks and the Grayscales and the Fidelities of the world who have $10 trillion of assets under management start to allocate 2.5% of their client portfolios to Bitcoin's price will shoot above 200000 mathematically just because of circulating supply market cap stuff that cause price action, it'll shoot above 200,000 and never come back down. And so those will be the moments when institutional dollars will stabilize an asset class where retail investors beat the institutions to the punch. And that's why you hear so many Bitcoin millionaire stories is because retail money beat the institutional money to the game. And so now institutional money is trying to push the market down, grab all they can get, and then ride it back. Another thing that I've always found interesting is that anybody can really start a Bitcoin, or a coin or a cryptocurrency of any kind. We've seen quite quite a few of them, but I almost see it like it's a kind of a land rush right now where it's like whether it's Betamax or VHS or Blu-ray or HD, you yes. know, it's we are going to have some winners and losers in this market. One of the things that I'm curious about, if you have a strategy or tactics that people could maybe apply when considering what to invest in. But before we get into that, I want to remind everybody, CryptoYall.com for Josh and his team so you can see what they're up to. But go ahead, Josh. Yeah, the way I tell my members and the folks in my community to look at the crypto market broadly is to look at it as basically Bitcoin. And then everything else is tech, bunch of tech companies. It's literally software. We're using blockchain technology and they're doing things that Microsoft did with Windows in the 90s. We're buying Amazon in 1999 type stuff right now. That's what we're investing. 
And it's very important to be able to sift through what's real and what's hype. To your point, because of the accessibility of this technology, people can spin up a crypto project in a heartbeat. Now, that doesn't mean that it's a good investment. It doesn't mean that it's valid, and it doesn't mean that it's worthy of your capital. So what you want to look for as one just main thing I always tell people is utility. And that's what you'll hear from a lot of online influence and keynote speakers in the crypto space. But it really is true. You got to have a utility that if you, okay, well, let me just use our, one of our famous Shark Tank guys, Mark Cuban. So he was, re- he recently said something and I've totally agreed with him. He said, the moment you see a cryptocurrency or a crypto project that is making business money, an actual real world business, if it's making money, saving it money or saving it time, that's when you know you've got a utility that will have an income stream that will create deflationary, which is good, price action, which will create the accretive value of that native currency that people are invested in. So you want to look for things that have a use case, things like Ethereum being the second largest market cap. It's not there because it's a big Ponzi scheme. It's not that large because it's some pyramid scheme. It's that large because it's actually the utility. They call it programmable money. 68% of all altcoins in existence are built on top of the Ethereum platform. So it's almost like the railroad tracks of crypto. Whereas you might have other other currencies. One that's notorious right now is XRP. They're in a notorious battle with the SEC because the SEC is trying to say that they're a security. XRP is trying to say they're not. But ultimately, the utility of XRP is to basically replace the SWIFT system that's used by the global banking systems and global banks to exchange money back and forth in a much faster, less expensive way. So you've got things like that that you go, oh, wow, I see how that changes life. I see how that makes things better. I see how that has that Amazon.com culture changer opportunity. That's the lens that you need to approach a lot of cryptocurrencies. I'm not a big fan of the Dogecoins and the Shiba Inus and the dog coins that billionaires might tweet about or go on Saturday Night Live and shill because they don't ultimately have a use case. They're more of like community coins that only have value because a bunch of people pile on because it's a popularity contest. But soon enough, the bottom falls out and people get frustrated and they call crypto a bad asset class. In reality, they just made a bad investment um, into something that doesn't have a real world use case. So that's my big encouragement and advice to anybody thinking about investing. Sure. It's interesting. Earlier, you mentioned about buying crypto associated with real estate. Can you go into that a little bit and what experiences or what you've been seeing in the market regarding that and how it works? Sure. Two examples of things that, three examples of things in the real estate space that I believe are going to completely change the way real estate is facilitated. Now, how fast this happens, I don't know. It'll be, like you said, real estate investors in the investor industry are typically lagging when it comes to adoption of new technology, but things change. And one example is, I believe, This year in February, the first home ever sold as an NFT happened, I believe in February as well in Florida. And NFTs, non-fungible tokens, that's a 
that's an entire category of the smart contract blockchain technology world where at the end of the day, the way we display and communicate ownership of an asset or a property will be completely changed by this blockchain technology. So NFTs are non-fungible tokens, meaning if you and I have a dollar bill, you have a dollar bill, a US dollar, and I have a US dollar, and we trade, that's fungibility. You still have the same amount of money, and I still have the same amount of money, even though we swapped paper bills. When it comes to non-fungibility, it means there's a uniqueness that no two are alike. And in this case, obviously, real estate is very similar. One ranch house next to another ranch house, yeah, they might both be ranch houses, but they have an infinite number of different variables or differences and characteristics. They're non-fungible. So how can we display ownership maybe without all the bureaucratic red tape and just all of the stuff that goes into titles and real estate transaction processes? How can we streamline that? And so there's technology companies and, or crypto companies that are emerging and have significant market caps now that are managing and are able to facilitate the entire closing process through a blockchain open ledger technology that cuts out a lot of the middlemen and a lot of the middle middleman processes that create these immutable demonstrations of ownership. So think about the title company. Like the, I think the title insurance industry is in trouble because ultimately when blockchain's involved, and it is a, a secure, if it's as secure as the Bitcoin blockchain, for example, then there will not be a need for title insurance because it will never be in question because it will be out in the open and very obvious. And there, there will be incredible use cases there. But then also going back to the example that you were asking about, there are a lot of several crypto based movements and projects out there, even now that you can invest in like today, one that comes to mind and I'm, I am, I have invested in this. I'm not shilling this. I, I am an investor. It's called Lofty, L-O-F-T-Y. And th they're a great example of basically they, given the nutshell here, I'm not crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's, but they are investing in multifamily units. They might have 18 doors. They might have four doors. They might have a 200 doors. It's quite the buffet of options. They have an entire marketplace of properties and they create an LLC, obviously, for each property. And so each LLC has rental income based on occupancy and tenants, et cetera. And so what you can do, because they are facilitating their entire, all of these properties and their entire organization on the lofty blockchain and uh, again, a ledger technology, then you can come in and go, okay, that's a $1 million apartment complex. I want to buy $50 worth of it. And they'll sell minimum chunks of $50. So you can buy a lofty coin or a lofty token of $50 and invest it in said apartment complex. And each apartment complex has a year-over-year cash-on-cash return rate, all, the, all of the normal specs that you would look for or metrics that you would look for if you were buying an investment property outright, but you can buy them fractionally. That's what we're doing. We're able to invest fractionally in real estate. But here's the kicker with Lofty and many of their competitors is that you can actually pull your liquidity at any moment. 
So you're bypassing the whole banking and financing and self -fi seller financing, all of the financing side of things. And you're just, you can go in and out of properties as you wish. And because it's blockchain and it's algorithmic, there's no, no paper checks being cut or anything like that. You're getting paid rental income daily. It's more like a, it's a more consistent drip, which allows you to take advantage of the rule of 72 compound interest. It gives you more control over that. So it's a really fascinating use case that I've been a part of and I've been really pleased with so far. So in this scenario that you just subscribed, you get paid back rent. Let's say you buy a $50 token and you invest in this. You get that back in, in some sort of fractional than lofty coin, right? You're not getting it in cash. Yeah, but you can, you can either turn, trade you it sell immediately. It. Yep, you would sell it and have USD equivalent, yep. Or put it in the next project or what have you. Okay, I get that piece. That's right. So That's right. with everything, you already mentioned the SEC at one point. I, I'd have to imagine you, this solution is bypassing what we would normally see as a syndication or what have yeah. you. I'm sure this is getting some attention. Yeah, I think that's a great parallel. Basically, it is making the syndicate far more, even more decentralized than it already, a syndicate would already be. And it allows you to open it up to a populous pool of investors that, but it does, again, it's really all a matter of thinking through centralization versus decentralization. Syndicates are centralized. You have someone managing that fund or that syndicate, and they might have investment rules, portfolio rules, lock periods, et cetera. Whereas in decentralized atmospheres, depending on the project, yeah, you can come and go as you please. But ultimately, yet yeah, it allows more scale, I think, when it comes to real estate syndicates specifically. That's the, it's a whole use case in and of itself. This is this has been fascinating, Josh. You could probably tell we could probably keep going here. But I noticed that on your website you had something called the crypto wealth building framework. Is that something we you have a few minutes you can touch on? Sure. Yeah, the there's a there's the framework that I started to teach myself that I learned from these other asset classes, owning businesses and real estate. You've got three particular wealth building strategies. You've got cash flow, you've got appreciation, and you've got leverage. All very familiar things to real estate investors. All of those things are also present and available tools in the crypto space. And so I call the framework the crypto flywheel, and it's those three strategies, cash flow, appreciation, and leverage working in concert with each other to ultimately expand your net worth. Because with crypto, you can create cash flow. Believe it or not, you can take a non-productive asset like a U.S. dollar that can't create more dollars by itself or a block of gold. Or even if you're sitting on Bitcoin and you've got a little bit sitting on the sidelines, it's really a one-dimensional character. It can go up or it can go down in value, but it can't create more. So we want to make those productive. And so in the cash flow side of crypto, you have this world called decentralized finance or DeFi, where we can stake or deposit our assets and earn a daily yield, very similar to the tokenized real estate aspect, but in a thousand other opportunities and ways in the world of DeFi. It's basically a better version of banking. 
And then you have appreciation, which is just your good old fashioned buy and hold. Yeah, I'm buying Ethereum and I'm sitting on it for 20 years and like it or leave it. I believe in what it's going to do. That's the appreciation part of the flywheel. And then leverage is literally during bull markets. I don't do this much in bear markets because of volatility, but in bear bull markets, especially around the Bitcoin halvening cycles every four years, yeah, you can loan against your positions. You can, I bought two rental properties last year by taking a loan against some of my Bitcoin positions and I was funded within 48 hours. I bought two rental properties and then I used the rental income obviously to pay down my loan or against my collateral. And then uh, my collateral was released and I own more assets than I started with. That's how we buy more cash flowing assets. And that's that, that, those are all things that you can participate in daily with crypto, even on fractional levels. And the crypto flywheel really is there because it helps to highlight the accessibility of the crypto asset class. But it also helps me from just self-sabotaging myself, my, my portfolio. It acts as a framework, almost like a guide, kind of like when I go bowling. I need those rails up on each side of the bowling lane to keep my ball out of the gutter. The, the crypto flywheel just helps me keep my portfolio out of the gutter. Josh, this, like I said, this is really interesting. I have a feeling we could keep going, but I do have some rapid fire questions here for you if, you're, if you have a couple more minutes. But again... Sure. This is CryptoYall.com that uh, everybody go check this out. I think Josh, with especially with your real estate investing background, I'm sure you're able to, it's obvious you're able to speak the language to help people navigate through this, especially if they're coming from real estate investing. But uh, so first of all, the, Josh, we've all seen the late night infomercials and the get rich quick schemes when it comes to real estate investing. What is one real estate investing bit myth or what is one cryptocurrency myth you would like to bust here right now? Oh, wow. There's a lot of those, just like any industry or sector. I would say that the thing you want to be on the lookout for, the same, the same get-rich-quick schemes exist in crypto that exist in any traditional industry. One particular one is a scam that I would like to make everyone aware of. If you're, if you, for example, if you watch YouTube often, sometimes there will be pirated or what I call vampire channels, channels that have malicious intent. And th what they'll do is they have ripped and recorded video from popular influencers who are crypto enthusiasts, and they'll stream for hours and hours until YouTube literally takes them down. The content from these influencers hyping up crypto. And then around the video or on the video, they'll be guiding people to a particular page. And when people go to that website, they see that streaming video again. So they're like, oh, okay, I'm in the right place. I'm in a safe place. I see the influencer talking. But then on the page, it's basically a sales page promoting the adoption of Bitcoin or the adoption of a particular crypto. And they'll say, hey, send me, here's our wallet address. If you'll send us for a limited time for the next two hours only, if you'll send one Bitcoin to this wallet address, we will send two Bitcoin to you. And it gets people. It works every time. And you send your Bitcoin and it never comes back. So that's one thing to keep an eye out for. Never, ever send your crypto anywhere without 
proper research explanation and understanding of what you're getting into. Okay. So you're not allowed to say rich dad, poor dad, but what book would you recommend everybody check out? I'm currently in love with a different book that's not necessarily a real estate specific or a crypto specific book. I love this new book that I have on my desk right now called Buy Then Build. For those in the audience who are who have the entrepreneurial or business investment hair, it's by Walker Diebel or Diebel, forgive me for mispronouncement, but it's all about instead of starting a business, buying a business and how to finance it and how to walk through the entire process. It's a really good blueprint. What is the biggest business mistake you've made and what did you learn from it? Great question. I own a real estate marketing agency that's geared towards helping residential real estate agents generate leads. And we try to scale too fast. If you've ever heard the advice, don't try to grow your business too fast. I did that. And we hired too many people too fast. We were acquiring clients at a lightning rapid rate, but we didn't have our client happiness system dialed in very good. And so there was a lot of churn. We had to lay off a lot of people and it was painful. Okay. If you could go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be? Start sooner. Start sooner. Start investing uh, in real estate sooner. Start crypto farming, yield farming sooner. Start your business sooner. The first thing I really did was real estate investing. And then the next thing I did was start businesses. And then the third thing I did, which is actually ended up being my most, my biggest passion, which is crypto, but starting businesses are what really catapulted my income to a place where I could be an adequate investor. Josh, is there a question or concept you wished we would have covered here today? I honestly think we covered the perfect amount of categories for a real estate investing audience to start synthesizing the similarities between the crypto and the real estate asset classes. And I think the only thing I would say is the way I look at crypto is the way I look at my rental properties. It's almost the same. They're just not brick and mortar, but they have the opportunity to cash flow, appreciate and provide leverage. And that's just one thing I would emphasize. So again, just to remind everybody, CryptoYall.com. I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes, but really appreciate your time here, Josh. And I hope you'll consider coming back again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you, Jack. Have you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing? If so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.